The FF Live Podcast, presented by Fantasy Football Live. Welcome to episode number five of the FF Live Podcast, presented by Fantasy Football Live. Today is Monday, July 30th. I'm Ben Schrager. I'm here with Jeff Lorenz. Jeff, it's the first week of training camp. What are you thinking about camp? Uh, I'm really excited. First of all, we've made it. Every week from here on out until February is going to have football, so that's really exciting. And we've also updated our rankings, and we had a lot of big movers, including Andrew Luck, so you're going to want to check them out on our website. Yeah, Luck's obviously a big mover. A lot of other guys will be changing throughout training camp. We'll update the rankings every single day. In today's episode, we're going to debut a new segment to start. It's called Kick It or Stick It, and it's about training camp news. We'll throw out some storylines, and Jeff and I will give our opinion on them. And we're going to have a very lengthy mailbag segment today, answering six questions from a variety of people via Twitter. Kick It or Stick It? Our first segment, Kick It or Stick It, Jeff and I are going to go through the training camp headlines. There's always a ton of different storylines in training camp. A lot of them are just clickbait, news sites trying to get you to get onto their site. But on this segment, we'll quickly go through each training camp storyline that was a big deal this week and say whether we want to kick it, you know, don't believe it, or stick it, go with it, believe it, buy all the way into it. First headline for kick it or stick it, this week, head coach of the Panthers, Ron Rivera, said that it's ideal for Christian McCaffrey to get 25 to 30 carries a game. Ben, are you kicking or sticking here? I'm kicking it. I don't believe it at all. I don't think Rivera is going to get him anywhere close to 25 touches a game. What do you think? Well, they got rid of Jonathan Stewart, but they just brought back C.J. Anderson, so I don't see McCaffrey getting any more carries this year than he did last year. And last year, he only had seven carries a game along with five receptions for a total of 12 touches. To expect him to more than double that, I just don't think it's realistic. There's no way. C.J. Anderson's a better running back than Jonathan Stewart. I mean, eight years ago, Jay Stew was nice, but Jonathan Stewart's a 12-year veteran right now. Anderson's coming off a 1,000-yard season, and he just got paid, so I think they have big plans for him as well. I'm also kicking. Our second storyline, Bears coach Nagy says that Jordan Howard could be used as a three-down back this year. Are you kicking or sticking? I am sticking. I think Jordan Howard is the most underrated player in the NFL. He's eclipsed over 1,000 yards every year in the league, averaging well over four yards a carry. Although he struggled with drops, there's also news that he's really worked on this in the offseason, and I'm, I'm believing it. I could see him on the field for three downs. Yeah, you know what? If you can't shoot a three-pointer, you're probably going to work on it in the offseason too. doesn't mean you're going to get any better at it. I'm kicking this one. I'm looking at the offense, and I think Howard's a very competent between-the-tackles runner, going to pound the ball maybe 15, 20 times a game, which is good, but Tariq Cohen hasn't gone anywhere. Last year, he was an effective runner with 4.3 yards per carry, and had 53 catches. He's still in the offense. I'm kicking this headline. I don't think Howard will be a three-down back. But I just think Howard is too talented, and he's really been Mr. Consistency. Even if Tariq Cohen has a role, I still think Howard is a really viable option for fantasy. Yeah, but then you look at Howard in terms of catching the ball. In college, he had 24 total catches in his whole career. I think Howard's going to run the ball a lot this year. He's going to be fine, but I don't think he's going to be a three-down back. Next headline is out in Seattle. Chris Carson was getting first-team reps all week. Ben, what do you think here? 
I'm sticking this one. I think Chris Carson could actually be the Seahawks starting running back week one. What about you? Uh, I'm going to kick this one, actually. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think the Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny as their first-round pick, as the first running back since Sean Alexander for a reason. I think they have big plans for him. Whenever a running back goes in the first round, he's going to have a big role. I think Penny's the guy, but just as with any rookie, they ease him into it. It's only the first week of camp. Let's not overreact here. I'm going to kicking, and I'm going with Penny. I see what you're saying, and I think by the end of the year, Penny will be the running back to own in the Seattle offense, but I think this needs to temper our Rashad Penny expectations. Beginning of June, he was being drafted in the sixth round of fantasy drafts. Right now, he's going in the third round. He's being the RB20 drafted, and I think this just serves as a reminder that this is not Penny's backfield alone. You you got Chris Carson, J.D. McKissick, C.J. Proceis. Now, you look at Penny, would you rather have him or Lamar Miller? Right. Well, Penny is a guy who... Led the NCAA in rushing last season. But like you said, he's unproven. And he's in a Seattle backfield with that has a lot of questions. But you look at Chris Carson. He's only had 200 career rushing yards. So he's unproven too. It's really cloudy here. I think you said, you know, would I rather have Lamar Miller? I'll take Penny for the upside. But he shouldn't be drafted where he's being drafted now. I agree. And that's why I'm sticking it. I just think that Chris Carson, you know, he's he's not being drafted until like the 50s in terms of running backs, and I think you should definitely pick him up at that price. But with Rashad Penny, I just think that this news needs to be taken, you know, pretty seriously because Penny's not going to be the only running back in Seattle. He's not a shoo-in. All right, Ben, if I asked you who is the most injury-prone tight end, who would you tell me? I would lean Jordan Reed or Gronk, but I'd probably say Jordan Reed. And you're exactly right. Well, the next headline is that Jordan Reed feels 100 times better. Are you buying this? Is he healthy? I'm going to stick this. I I think he does feel that much better, and I think that he is healthy right now. And what do you think? I'm going to stick this as well, but more for the reason that at his current price, I believe that he is healthy. It's just how long is he going to be healthy until he's hurt, you know? And... At his current price, I really like his value. He's really talented when he's on the field. And Alex Smith loves throwing the tight ends, as we know, him and Travis Kelsey. So I like Reed, especially at his price. I think you know what you're getting into with Reed. And there's a chance that Reed finishes as the best tight end this year. And yeah, I mean, he's being drafted as a 10th tight end because of this injury history. But if he feels good, and as of right now, he's 100%, if you get four games out of Reed and have to pick someone off the waivers, do you feel like you got ripped off in the draft? For, I mean, I'd be happy with 12 games from Reed this year. That'd be a really good deal, draft day bargain. If I can get 12 and the playoffs out of Reed, I'd be really happy with that. I mean, that would be great, and drafting him as a 10th tight end would be fantastic for that. But even if he doesn't play the whole season or even half the season, you could pick up a guy like Hayden Hurst, who I love, Vance McDonald, off waivers, and pretty much get what you would have gotten with a top 15 tight end anyway. I'd rather have Jordan Reed, who plays 12 games, over, say, a Kyle Rudolph or Delaney Walker. 100%. Kyle Rudolph's going to score, I don't know, five, six points a game, and you know you're going to get that, but there's no upside. And in fantasy, you need upside. I love Jordan Reed at his price, and I'm going to stick this headline. I'm sticking this too. Fantasy Mailbag. Now we're on to our mailbag segment. We've got a lot of really good questions today. The first is from Cheesehead Central. When it comes to drafting second-round running backs, which do you like and not like? And let me preface this by saying... The second round in a 12-team standard league includes running backs like Dalvin Cook, Devonta Freeman, Jordan Howard, McKinnon, Mixon, and McCaffrey. Jeff, 
Who do you love in the second round? So I love Jordan Howard for the same reason that I said earlier. He's the most underrated player in the NFL. I think he's going to play three downs. Consistent guy, proven, exactly what you want out of a second round. So would back. you want to pair him with you know a, a top wide receiver in the first round? Would you be comfortable with Jordan Howard being your top running back? Yes, I would, but I would prefer to get a top running back in the first round and then pair Howard with him. Because you're going to get like a guy like Gurley gives you the upside and Howard the high floor? Is that kind of well, your mentality? Howard's probably going to be in the later second round. So if you have that late second round pick, that means you have a top first round pick in standard leagues. So you could get a guy like Gurley or Bell and pair him with Howard. That's a really good combo. Yeah, that works for me. I, I do like him too, but my favorite second round running back is Dalvin Cook. The guy is in one of the best offenses in the NFL. It's very underrated, but it's one of the best. They have definitely the most dominant defense, and that means he's going to have a great game script. They're going to be up by a lot. They're going to be running the ball a ton in the second half, and Dalvin Cook's no scrub. I mean, you had him on a bunch of your teams last year. You know what he did last year. I know what he did in the first three weeks. He was really exciting. I thought he was going to finish as a top 10 running back easily until his injury. But my question to you is, do you think that Dalvin Cook is going to be eased back into action by Mike Zimmer? I don't. I mean, the headline that we didn't even cover on this was that he's not in a brace at all in camp. He seems to be full go, 100%. I don't think he's going to be eased in. I'd be fine drafting him in the second round knowing that Latavius Murray is going to get some of the red zone touches early on. But I'm confident that Dalvin Cook could dominate. And the fact that he got injured so early in the season gave him such a big recovery window that I really have no concerns about his ACL. Yeah, and you're our resident doctor, medical guy on the FF5 staff. How do you feel about that recovery time? With modern medicine now, an ACL injury really isn't much of a concern. We've seen so many guys bounce back even better than they were before it. So it's really not a concern, and I, I, I agree. I like Cook this year. And in those first four games, he was averaging 13 points a game, and that includes when he exited that fourth game in, in early first second. quarter. Yeah, exactly. So I think he could easily be a top 10 running back, but he's one of those guys that has the upside of finishing in the top five. I don't think you could pass on that in the second round. I agree with you. Cook has more upside than Howard. Howard may be a higher floor just because hasn't been hurt and played for two years and he's had a thousand yards each oh season. for sure i just love cook as the high upside guy i love both those guys as well so jeff we talked about who we love who do you hate in the second round i absolutely despise joe mixon i can't believe that he's being taken in the second he's round. he's a terrible person first yeah <laughs> let's not even go there i don't understand how anyone could take him in the second round of drafts when there's these other guys here that are so much more proven and talented mixon only had 600 yards and 3.5 yards per carry last year he was god-awful, and he's still in the committee with Gio Bernard. There's just nothing to like about him. He has a horrible game strict. What do you think? I mean, he's a poor man's Jordan Howard, honestly. He's got a really good receiving back in the offense, pretty bad overall offense, not a good game script, really bad defense, and he's going to get uh, probably 15 carries a game, but he's nowhere near as proven as Jordan Howard, so I don't see anyone being able to fathom taking Joe Mixon in the second round. Give me a guy, like, even though we didn't talk about him, give me Jarek McKinnon over him and obviously Devonta Freeman over him as well. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt. So in terms of who I hate, we already talked about him a lot. McCaffrey is going in the second round. I hate him in the second round. I think McCaffrey would be a really good value at the end of the third or early fourth, but that's not where he's going. He's going right in the second round, right with these other guys who have full-time roles. McCaffrey will not average more than 20 touches a game I guarantee that I agree but I think McCaffrey's a lock for at least 75 receptions so I think he's going to be consistent in that facet in of a the PPR game. league too right. he's going to be better so if it, this was a PPR league I would take him in the second round but I agree 
in the second round, you want someone who's going to get like a full load, and McCaffrey's not the guy for yeah, that. When's the last time you saw a guy like McCaffrey who's going to be catching the ball a lot, finish in the top five? It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So give me, even McKinnon is a guy who could finish in the top five based on workload, game script, all that. McCaffrey will be very good, but I'd rather wait a couple rounds to get Tevin Goldman. I see McCaffrey in the top 15, but like, yeah, exactly. Tevin Coleman is a guy who's dirt cheap right now and could be in a similar role as McCaffrey. Pretty much similar type offense, similar running back split, because I think C.J. Anderson's good. I don't like McCaffrey. Our next question comes from Boxing Gandhi. He asks, what do you think of drafting a top-tier defense special teams in the 7th or 8th round? Ben, what do you think? I'm totally against it. We're going to talk about it in a future pod as the season approaches about streaming defenses and that's you know picking up a defense on the waiver wire who has a really good matchup and rolling that way the whole season use your seventh and eighth round pick in my opinion on a high upside wide receiver even one of the quarterbacks we talked on last week's pod about you you get a philip rivers there even a ben roethlisberger in that price range is good to me what do you think of this so i like how you're thinking depth but I just personally think that the Jaguars are a lock to be the number one defense once again because they haven't had any free agent losses, and they're just really talented. They have an elite player in every unit of the defense, you know, the line, the linebackers, the corners. Yeah, there's other top choices as well, but I think the Jags are by far the best. And you look at defenses, the number one defense had 80 points or so more than the 10th ranked, so there's definitely a big gap between them. So I think it's worth it for the Jaguars. But I think there's there's going to be a gap almost every year to that extent, but it's nearly impossible to predict which defense is going to be the top. Did you think the Jaguars are going to be the best last year? Not no. at all, exactly. And did, did any of us? Probably not, and we're supposed to be experts, right? But looking at the stats, taking a little deeper dive, no defense that's been drafted as the number one before the season has finished number one at the end of the season in the past 10 years. So there were times where the Seahawks were going number one and then the Niners would finish first. The, the Niners would be drafted number one, and the Seahawks would finish first. I think it's it's really tough to predict. Okay, so let's say the Jaguars are taken, and it's now the 10th or 11th round. What are some other defenses you're looking at? So if you wait past the 7th, 8th round time, I think you can get the Rams, who are going to be a really good defense. You know, they added Tlaib and Peters. They already had a really solid front. And I like the Eagles as well. I drafted the Eagles, D. They added Bennett from Seattle. And they've been top three in three of the past four seasons. So you know you're getting consistency with the defense isn't something you always see. And then they also have a really good special teams unit with Darren Sproles. He's a really electric punt returner, and he's going to get you some touchdowns. Yeah, the Eagles were a top five defense last year, and Sproles wasn't even playing. He he was hurt the whole year. Mm -hmm. So I think no matter how old Sproles is, he's going to have a positive impact in the special teams. And where the defenses make the difference is when they score. And the Eagles defense can definitely score. Our next question is from Marvin Krantz. What is Antonio Gates' value if he signs with the Chargers? So Antonio Gates is being undrafted right now, but let's face it, he's 38 years old. I I can't imagine him being nearly as effective as he was earlier in his career. He also, he was like planning on retiring, and now now that it's end of July, he's going to come back and suit up. I just don't see it. But if he's going to have the starting role in that Chargers offense, obviously Rivers loves to go to him. I'll pick him up and stash him on my bench, but I'm not going to overpay for the guy. Yeah, and the question is, if he signs with the Chargers, I think it's a when he signs with the Chargers. I think he'll sign with them before the season starts. He may not play in a preseason game. That won't annoy me at all. That won't be a red flag. To me, all he's going to be is a touchdown-dependent tight end. 
and there are plenty of touchdown dependent tight ends out there that you could pick up i wouldn't draft gates right now there's no reason to jump on anything and i'll stay away from them our next question comes from superfly carp how concerned are you about josh gordon so first of all i'm rooting for him as a person you know trying to get his life together he could be a really good comeback story would love for him to get his life together but i'm more concerned about his adp his price than anything else he's being drafted as the 13th wide receiver and yes he has a lot of upside but i hate him at that price what do you think yeah he's being way overdrafted he's in a browns offense that i can't believe i'm saying this but has a lot of heads to feed (laughs) somehow jarvis landry david njoku the trio of running backs i don't know how many targets he's gonna have and the fact that he's not even at camp is concerning and i'll draft him but not at his current price and there's talks of des bryant having meetings with the browns even if des comes back he's gonna play in the red zone at least he's gonna take away from gordon when gordon was that stud when he was averaging 17 points a game and that's his career average it's amazing it's the best since he's entered the league but there weren't any other options there. right the offense was centered around him at that point and that also was years ago i mean he's only he only played in two games last year and didn't play the season before that so we're asking a lot out of Gordon at his current price, and I'd rather take other guys there. Yeah, he, he's played in 40 games since entering the league, and that's out of 96 total. And he's a guy that, yes, you're rooting for him. Yes, he's a stud when he plays, but last year we saw him return. He wasn't the same that he was in 2012. He wasn't the same he was in 2013. He, he played last year. He was all right. He was, he was better than any other option on the Browns, but no way he should be drafted as a 13th wide receiver. Agreed. Our next question, staying in Cleveland, this one's from J-A-E on Twitter. How many Browns players are good draft values this year? I'll take Landry in a PPR league because he's a lock for 90-plus receptions. So he's really locked for top 15. Outside of PPR, though, I wouldn't necessarily want Landry. I don't think he's going to have too many yards this year. And last year he was remarkably efficient in the red zone. And on that Browns offense, I just I'm not sold on that right now i agree with the landry call i mean he's being drafted as a 24th wide receiver in ppr and he's he's a ppr stud he's gonna deliver you the short catches right so we talk landry now we'll go to gordon like we just talked about him i'll take him if he falls i think he's the best option on the browns offense just because of that upside he brings when he's on the field but like i said i'm not crazy about him and the question is value and right now at his adp there's no value there right and he's not at camp so that's concerning and now we could run to the running backs. Do you think Hyde provides good value? I'm not a big fan of Hyde because he's with Chubb and Duke Johnson. I mean, who do you take there? I'll take Duke Johnson in PPR, and I really don't want Hyde or Chubb. Or Chubb, no. And Hyde would be great if he was on an offense that was either better or an offense that didn't have as many running backs. He's, he's a good running back. Hyde needs to be the main guy in an offense in order to be really fantasy relevant. Yeah, and we're overlooking the fact that the Browns' defense was terrible last year. Right. Like, th- this game script is going to be terrible. Now, if we move to tight end, David Njoku, very popular sleeper this year, what do you he's think? He's another one of those guys who I'll pick up and stash on the bench, just like a lot of other tight ends. You know, uh, George Kittle, Charles Clay... Guys like that, sure, I'll take him, but I'm not overpaying for him, and I'm not planning on him as my tight end number one coming week one. No, he's being drafted in the 12th round. I'll take him in the 12th, George Kittle in the 11th, and pair them and you know play who has the better matchup, who's going off. I think Njoku could be good in the red zone just like any other tight end, but the way fantasy tight ends work, 
you need either touchdowns or a lot of targets, and Njoku's not going to get a lot of targets. We've we've gone over how many pass-catching options there are on the Browns. I think Njoku's a good physical talent, but what kind of value is he going to provide? I don't know. Right, and we had to go there. Last question, what do you think of Baker Mayfield? Oh, Baker Mayfield. I think he's a guy that, first of all, has to win the starting job. Right. I think if Mayfield starts... You pick him up, stash him, play him in a good matchup if you need to. There's so many weapons around him that you want to make yourself believe that he's going to be good, but we know that long list of Browns quarterbacks. Mayfield could be the, very well the next name on the list. And last thing about the Browns, if Dez signs, I, I would expect Dez to sign with the Browns. If he signs, are you going to draft him? I'll draft him at maybe in the last round just as a flyer, but... I'm not sold on him. Yeah, anymore. I have a feeling his price is going to be a little higher than the last round. Just so because of his name. His name. Yeah. And Des Bryant was legitimately terrible last year. And that was when he was the top wide receiver. I'm staying away from Des as well. Agreed. So that's the Browns offense in, in a nutshell for you. All right, last question of the day is from Mike Massinger. What's the perfect fantasy league setup? Size, settings, bench, quarterback TD points, bonuses? So each platform, NFL.com, ESPN, Yahoo, has a different standard setting, the default setting. So we're going to give you the rundown of our favorite type. So our experts league is 16 teams. I think that's too big for a standard league. I think the ideal league has 12 teams. You got one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a kicker, and a defense. And then, what, like six bench spots? Five or six bench spots is ideal. And when you say flex... You obviously think wide receiver, running back. Would you include tight end in your flex? Yeah, I think tight end should be an option in the flex. Now, personally, I would never play a tight end in my flex, but that should always be an option. There was a time when teams would have Gronk and Graham maybe four years ago, and that would be a really good tight end flex combination. But I do think there should be a tight end in the flex. Now, a lot of leagues are starting to think about including quarterbacks in the flex. What do you um, think of that? Completely against that. One of the worst quarterbacks could still be one of the highest scoring players in fantasy, which is just not right. I agree. I think any advice that we give on this podcast is not relevant in a two-quarterback league. You know, eventually we'll talk about it, but the league would be so much different. I agree. Now, do you like PPR or standard better? I'm personally against PPR. I just think it gives too much value to wide receivers and running backs that can catch, and I would rather have it more balanced across the, you know, the quarterbacks, the running backs, wide receivers, the tight ends, and just a more balanced roster as opposed to just favoring wide receivers and running backs. I agree. I think in PPR, your starting running backs in the NFL, a lot of them will just have no value at all. Your Isaiah Crowells, your CJ Andersons of the world, even a Marlon Mack has no value at all in PPR, and I feel like that's unfair. The way we, we try to do fantasy is making it as equivalent to the NFL as possible, and I think PPR doesn't do that. Now, in terms of specific scoring, how many points do you like for a quarterback touchdown? I would go five, which is one more than standard, which is four. And then I'll go six for everyone else. Okay, yeah, I agree. I think the quarterback should get five for a touchdown. I think quarterback touchdowns still are important, and they should be valued. But it should be six for everyone else. That's what an NFL touchdown is. And I think that gives a little bit more equal playing field to everyone else. And in terms of yardage, you like one point. So for I'm, every 10 yards. One point for every 10 yards for running backs and receivers, and then one for every 25 yards for quarterbacks is pretty standard. I agree. And what about bonuses? I know we've played in leagues where if, if there's a 50-yard touchdown, you get a point bonus. If Michael Vick, back in the day, he you know threw for 500 yards, 
he would get a bonus. What do you what do you think of that? I'm personally not a fan of bonuses because if someone's gonna have a 50 yard touchdown or throw for 500 yards or a ridiculous performance, they're already gonna have a ton of points. Why do we need to give them added bonuses? It's the rich getting richer. Right. I mean, why would you need to reward a guy who's just getting you 15 points on one play anyway? Why give another two points? Right. Right. And I think it's kind of unfair to your opponent because if they have one guy who goes off like that it kind of doesn't even give them a shot and takes away the excitement of it yeah and it's it's a situation where if one guy goes off and the rest of the team stinks he still is probably going to win whereas a more balanced team who doesn't have a guy who gets a huge catch you know it'll end up being equal right last last question here what are we doing about kickers uh, so some people are talking about getting rid of kickers in their league i think that's ridiculous kickers are part of the nfl game they score points I just think that you need to be more critical about how kickers' points are scored. My philosophy is that you should get points based on the distance of the kick. A 44-yard kick should be 4.4 points. A 50-yard kick, 5 points. I just don't like the leagues where it's either 3 points for any kick or it's tiered like a 31-yard kick is worth the same as a 39-yard kick. I think that's ridiculous. I think your philosophy is really interesting. Uh, but I also think it's fine for me to go three points for a, a 30 yarder or less, four for over 40, and then five or six for a 50 yarder because 50 yarders are really difficult and they should be rewarded. But either way, whether you do that or the, you know, by the exact yardage, I think those are both good. Yeah, either one's good. I think if we're picking ideal, I personally like my setting better, but it's also not possible on all platforms. I know NFL.com doesn't offer it, which is disappointing, but I, I think. As a second case, I think your, your philosophy is fine. In terms of transactions, in terms of trades, do you like the commissioner having a little bit of power being able to veto, or should it be a league vote? What do you think about that? It really depends on the league. If everyone's experienced, I have no problem approving every single trade that goes through, even if it might be a little unbalanced. But if there's a league where there's some experienced guys and someone it's their first year playing, then yeah, the commissioner should oversee it. So commissioner, not the league vote. Right. I would go with the commissioner, someone who's not biased at all, and someone you can trust to just make decisions that way. But I would really prefer not to have any interaction at all and really just let the free market go. I agree. And the problem with that a lot of times is a lot of our followers are playing in random leagues, you know, randomly on Yahoo. They don't know the people. I think in that case, you need to have a commissioner you trust, give him a little bit of power. But the more experience you have in the league, the more comfortable you are with the players, you should you know, be able to push pretty much everything through, right? In a league where everyone's experienced, you shouldn't have to babysit as a commissioner. And someone shouldn't be punished for making a really good trade also. So it's a, it's really a fine line and a fine balance that you have to have as a commissioner, as a league, and something that you really need to talk about with, with your league mates. Absolutely. Now, last thing, in terms of waiver wire pickups, free agent pickups, what system do you like best for that? I absolutely hate waivers. Uh, I personally think it should just be first come, first serve. You know, if you're there, if you're smart, if you're watching, you should be rewarded for being there and making the ad. You shouldn't have to wait a certain amount of time. Someone shouldn't have priority over you just because, you know, they're like lower players. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's no reason for that. And, you know, fantasy championships a lot of times are won on the waiver wire. Alvin Kamara. So you shouldn't have to wait. And that's such a crucial facet of the game that. It really should just be open to first yeah, come, first I'm serve. I'm completely fine with rewarding the guy who's watching the meaningless Jags game to see which running back you should pick up if Fernet gets hurt. I'm completely fine with that. Now, 
One thing that's interesting, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it, what do you think of the FAAB, the free agency by budget? You know, you get $200 to spend all year, and you kind of bid on each player. What do you think of that? I think that's cool, and that's something that could be unique to a specific league. Once again, talk about it with your league mates. You know, see what you guys like best. Vote on it. Yeah, I don't think that should be a default setting. I just think it's a cool idea, but again, it's in in a league where you, you're pr- pretty familiar with everyone. Everyone, you know, has a good amount of fantasy knowledge. That could be a cool thing, but I agree. Waivers, I think we come to the conclusion that there should be nothing free market. Pick up whoever you want, drop whoever you want. Of all the suggestions we just made about the best league, I think our waiver one was our most important. That's it for today's show. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Now, One thing we want to mention, we just hit 15,000 followers on Twitter, and I just wanted to thank all of you guys for sticking with us. We've been around since 2013. We have a very unique style of giving fantasy advice. I just wanted to thank you guys. Our followers are really the best, and I really like how you guys are so loyal to us. And, you know, we try to help you guys out by answering all your questions, but you guys are always, you know, you come to us first, and we really appreciate that. And during the season, never be afraid to ask a question. We're always going to be there, unlike a lot of other sites. We're answering every single question, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, through our website, everything's getting answered. Or on our podcast. And that brings me to my next point. Get your mailbag questions ready for the next episode. We had a really good turnout here. Hopefully we help you guys out and we're looking forward to next Monday. Looking forward to next Monday. See you guys then.